This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Indeed, inviting your lawn or garden questions this morning via phone or text to Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Denny, and everyone out there in cold, cold, cold winterland. Ah, but yet, yet we're getting more snow covers, so it's going to help insulate those <laughs> shrubs exactly. and the lawns. Gotta I'm looking they can need their blanket. Yeah. Uh, absolutely right. I'm looking for the bright side of things. <laughs> if you happen to have a lawn or garden question again, uh we always as Teresa knows, we get very busy here, both phone-wise and text-wise, and uh, we'd love to help you out. Don't wait till the last minute. If you have a lawn or garden question, shoot it to us right away and uh we'll uh, we'll help you out. Um, what have you been up to, uh, Teresa, lately? I mean, there's not a whole lot we can do outside. Are you planning uh, um, for well, gardens? Actually, actually, that's a really good question, and there's not a lot. Well, what we can do outside is um, when you're putting on your de-icer, use the correct amount. Don't use too much. And understand that that can impact the plants around it. So next year, you may want to change out some of those plants to plants that can handle a little more um, salt in the soil. And you could get that information from the Garden Garden line. Um, also, what you want to do is go outside and check to make sure that the rabbits and the deer and the mice are not getting to your shrubs and trees. And if they are, make sure you put the protection down. And then inside, let's go back inside where it's nice and warm. And um, you could go to the yard and garden, uh, the yard and garden line, extension.umn.edu, and click on the yard and garden line. And then there they have um, wonderful information. You could go to the news section and you can find out about new practices that you might want to incorporate next year. Um, uh, this is just so exciting. This one is just so exciting because I'm such a cheapskate and, and I love ornamental grasses. Um, Dr. Mary Myers has put out, had put out a book, um, Native Grasses for the, um, for the gardens and you can now download it for free. That is oh, so exciting. So you don't even have to pay for it. And it also touches in that book about, um, how butterflies use native grasses because we all love our pollinator butterflies. So that's a great way to incorporate, um, uh, areas for the butterflies with native grasses because that's not something we normally think of with butterflies is grasses. And now is a great time to prune your rain garden or, or your grapevine. 
Also, what you want to be doing is um, check out next year's garden. What are you going to do next year? Um, you, you can go to the Minnesota uh, Master Gardener Seed Trials. That's on the Extension website. And see what the Master Gardeners think of the seeds. And that might give you some idea. Which tomatoes do you want to grow? Which uh, snapdragon do you want to grow? Uh, there's catalogs. You can get your catalogs. There's just all kinds of stuff you can be doing this time of year. So, you don't just have to watch the football game. There's gardening stuff you can do, too. Yeah, lots of it. And again, we urge you to check out the university website, extension.umn.edu. Tons of information there. Tons of information, yes. And there's lots of pretty pictures. So if you need something other than white snow to look at, there's lots of pretty pictures. <laughs> Very good. Again, if you want to ask a, a, your lawn or garden question of Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, we'll take your phone call or your text, whatever is easier for you, 651 651- Nine eight nine nine two two six. You know, last week we uh, promised our listeners uh, that uh, those text messages we did not get time enough right. to answer. Mm-hmm. I saved them. So, oh, wonderful! Uh, yeah, so well, we can uh, we can uh, help those and uh, again get some uh, new ones as we uh, as we wait. Now you're going to have to help me with this this plant. Uh, it says, uh, "Hello, good morning, my Baptisia." Oh, Baptisia, make- yes. Mm-hmm. Is beautiful, yep. but I have not been successful in thinning it. Please help. I keep trying, but it is winning. Well, that's wonderful. That means it's really happy. Um, Baptisia is also called false indigo. It's a perennial plant. Um, it gets uh, these beautiful flowers on it. They look like peas because it's in the legume family. So it is a nitrogen fixer, so it is helping the soil there. Um, it loves the sunshine. Um, there are native varieties. And then it gets seed pods that look like a great big fat bean pods out there. And it's just wonderful. It, it gets big enough to be a bush. So that's what the plant wants to do. It wants to be big enough to be a bush. It can be four or five feet tall and four and five feet around. So it could just be that you're expecting it to be a little tiny thing when it is a really big thing. And, um, you know, what you can do is, uh, well, there's not, you could, you couldn't continue to cut it back. If you have to move it, you can, but, they have a very deep taproot, and the plant does not like to be moved. Um, like your peonies and other plants like that that are like forever plants, you plant them, and that's where they're going to be forever and ever. So I would say, can you just allow it the space it needs and let it be the queen in that part of your garden and complement it with smaller plants around it, or just keep pruning it? That's about all you can really do. Okay. A listener wants to know, what do I do with my wax amaryllis plant now that it has finished blooming? Okay, the amaryllis. You know, all you want to do with your amaryllis is just let it get um, as much green as you possibly can or as much sunshine as you can. And in the spring, you can put it into another big pot or you can set it in the ground so it gets a lot of uh, sunshine all summer long out in out outside. Um, you want to treat it like a house plant going outside, so you have to let it adjust to being outside. And then in the fall, before it gets too cold, you want to bring it back in and you can repot it at that time. You never need to let your amaryllis go dormant. You can just keep them, have their big, beautiful, green, strappy leaves, and the longer those leaves fall, photosynthesize, the more energy they get, the better chance you'll have of beautiful flowers the next season. Very good. Uh, Please photosynthesize, the more energy they get, the better chance you'll have of beautiful flowers the next season. Very good. Uh, 651-989-9226 is the phone number. It's also the text number. Speaking of the phones, 
Let's uh, take a call from Marie calling in from uh, Elberville, I believe. Marie, you're on with Teresa. Hey, Marie. Thank you. Hi. I have a a house plant that keeps getting these little tiny, tiny uh, black flies-like bugs, and Mm -hmm. I changed the soil and everything, so... And I'm still getting them. So um, okay, so 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 I think Mary touched on this last week too. Those are probably fungal gnats, and um, th- they just live in the soil. The larva lives in the soil, and they're really just a hassle. They don't normally do too much damage to the plant. It's just a hassle when we're watering. They're flying around and getting in our face, and it's just um, a hassle. So what you can do, some of the easiest things to do, is make sure that you're not leaving the soil too moist. It could just be that there was more eggs in the soil and they just hatched and then they just mate and they lay more eggs and it just goes on and on. Um, You can do a soil drench, but one of the easiest things that that I found is just to put a little bit of sand on the top of the soil, um, about, you know, a quarter to an eighth to a quarter of an inch. And what that does is it just allows that part of the soil to dry up really, really well. And, and the fungus gnats live in the top part of the soil, so then they pretty much run out of room where they're going to live. To keep All right. I, we, we have had just tons of uh, text over the last two, three weeks about fungus gnats. I mean, it was quite a reaction. I'm, I'm so sorry. I just lost you. My cat walked all over me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was going to say that with Julie and Mary on, uh, prior to your coming on today, we've had just a, a whole ton of uh, uh, comments about those uh, fungus gnats. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's partially because a lot of people are growing more houseplants now. They're more aware of it, and so they're paying more attention to their houseplants. And they could possibly be overwatering it, but it's just the quantity of houseplants in the interest. So I, I don't think it's like a huge increase in the population we're being invaded. It's just people are turning their interest there, so they're starting to realize that. Sure. And before, they probably had them and just assumed that they were the um, the, the fruit flies. Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. That's kind of what they look like. But now they're smarter. But now they're smarter. Okay. Hang on, Teresa. We need to take a quick break here. Let's invite uh, more listeners to join in on the conversation. If you happen to have a lawn or garden question for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, call it in or text it in. 651-989-9226. We'll be back with more Smart Garden here on News Talk 830 WCCO, where snow is on the way. And a good Saturday morning to you, Denny Long here, along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney on this Smart Garden Show around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, welcoming your lawn and garden type of questions either by phone or by text. And uh, Teresa, speaking of phone, Dan is calling in from Clear Lake this morning. Dan, welcome. Uh, You're on with uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Hi, Dan. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning, Denny. Say, I live up here in Clear Lake. Uh, I'm on a four-acre lot, got... uh, Oaks uh, got some oak wilt disease, but what I'm really looking at is I also got six evergreens that I planted oh, about 20 years ago. They're just starting to get a good size, about 15 feet or whatever. And my son pointed out to me this last uh, summer that one of them was starting to lose the needles halfway up. And then also I looked here about a week or two ago and uh, towards the top, and uh, the needles are turning brown and it's it's lost. So what kind of diseases are involved with uh, evergreens, pine trees, so to speak, and uh, 
are they contagious? Uh, in other words, should I look at cutting the one down? I, I really hate to do that because they haven't all fallen off, but I don't want it to spread to the other ones that it's next to. Sure, that's that's a good question. Um, what you want to do is, what I personally would do is bring out a, uh, a an arborist, a certified arborist, to look at it. They can pick up the needles. They can look and see if there's little dots in the needles, which are fungal spores. They can see in situation what is going on, and they'll be able to diagnose whether it's a rhizosphere needle cast or, or if it's something else. And usually these are a fungal kind of disease, so they can spread from one tree to another. Um, some trees are more susceptible. So I would have someone, a professional certified arborist, look at it and diagnose it for you. And then they could give you some really good tips about, is this possible to save this tree? Should you cut the tree down? Um, you know, is there treat, are there treatments available? That's what I would do. You could, and, and in the meantime, if you want, you can take some pictures and, again, send that to the Ask a Master Gardener. You can send up to three photos, and a Master Gardener can look at those. If you can have some pictures of needles um, so they can see what the needles look like. Are they just brown, or do they have the dots on them? And they'll really be able to see where it's hitting your tree. You know, you just say at the top and in the center how the tree looks now. So that's that's what I would do. I would contact the arborist, though. That would be the most important thing. Good luck with that. And we have such good arborists in the state of Minnesota, for sure. We do have good arborists, and, and they're they're just a treasure for our state. So, I mean, trees are so important in our environment, so we need to keep them healthy. Think of them as tree doctors. So For sure. Good point. Texter says this, Teresa, at our lake place, we have birch and maple roots that are protruding above the ground, in some cases as high as two inches above. I've heard that covering with new soil is not a good way to solve the problem. What do you recommend? That is correct. Do not cover with new soil. Um, Maple trees especially just like those surface roots. That's how maple trees grow. It just is what a maple tree does. Um, You know, if you need to, uh, you could sprinkle a little bit of... um, of a mulch over that, uh, and then just stop mowing in that area. You know, get rid of the grass and just just leave it as a mulched area, or plant a woodland garden under it. But that is correct. You do not want to bury those roots. They'll only come up again. And in the meantime, um, you're basically kind of suffocating that root, and that can impact the tree health. So yeah. just it is what it is, and uh, just just deal with it. Or say. I don't want to deal with this and take your trees down and plant something else uh, or just have lawn there. Very good. Texter says, I have several house plants that are just staying alive, like a chiflera, an oak ivy, and a Christmas cactus. What can I do to help them grow? Several oh, house plants. That's a good question. Okay, so our house plants mostly uh, would like more light than what we're giving them in our house. And if you have some beautiful big windows that are light, uh, full of light, but perhaps they're triple glazed or they have argon gas in them, that means that you're in, you're impacting some of what is coming through. Plus, we've had so many days of, of, of um, overcast, so we just don't have that much sun in the wintertime in Minnesota. It's just, it just is what it is. So give them some supplemental light. If you want to, you can place them on a, uh, a pebble tray where you put a tray down, put some pebbles on it, and then you you put this, you set the plants on top of that, and then you put water in the pebble tray. And the pebbles keep the, the plants above the water, but as that water evaporates, it humidifies that area because our homes are also very dry for our plants. And uh, um, 
spritz, spritzing them helps for like 15 minutes. So that's not really that useful. You could uh, put all your plants together if they're healthy, give them more light, set them on a pebble tray, and um, just hope for the best. Good all luck. Right. I know we have to break for weather in a moment, but the texture wants to know, what seed catalogs do you recommend for vegetables in Minnesota? You know, there's so many. There's lots of really good ones. I would talk to your neighbors about what they use. If you want to do the Ask a Master Gardener, you can. Um, it's kind of hard, though, for someone as a volunteer of the university to say, use this business. We're, we're not really allowed to say that. Um, but just look at some of the catalogs that haven't been along, around a long time. Go online and review them. You could call the Arboretum. They can give you some really good ideas, too. Absolutely. All right, Teresa, hang on. We have another half hour of the show to go. We're going to look at that snowy forecast in a moment or two. 651-989-9226 is our phone number. It's also our text number here on the Smart Garden Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here along with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney answering your uh, lawn and garden questions either by phone or by text. Again, same number, 651-989-9226. I know we have a bunch of text messages as well, Teresa, but Rod is calling in from Buffalo, I believe, uh, this morning. Rod, you are on with Teresa. Hello, Rod. Good morning, Teresa. Uh, Strange questions I've had to go through and clean up a lot of old files, so I had to shred a lot of paper. Can I use that paper for mulch in the garden or fill or work it in with the tiller or what? Um, You could add that to your compost bin. Summertime when you have a lot of green, that would be the brown. That's a great way to do it. You can use some of it in as a mulch. It's going to mat down, though. So even though it's shredded, it will mat down. You could mix it into the soil. Um, just when you do that, watch the plants because as that decomposes, it may pull nitrogen from the soil um, because you've mixed it into the soil and it's decomposing very quickly. And then your plants may turn a little yellow. And if that seems to be happening, just a little extra fertilizer uh, once or twice, uh, and then the plants will rebound and then the nitrogen will be. But that's a great way um, to reuse that mulch. And once you've shredded it and composted it, there's no way identity theft can happen with that stuff. All right. Speaking of mulch, here's a, a text message. Uh, planning for spring, going to put in wood mulch for landscaping. How deep do we need to go? Does it need a barrier? And how often oh. does it need to be topped off? And how often does it need to be completely replaced? So a lot of questions there. Excellent. Those are really super good questions. First of all, no barrier with wood mulch. You put down a barrier under stone so that the stones don't work their way into the soil. Wood mulch, you want to decompose and you want it to work its way as it decomposes into the soil. So you'll never have to replace it all. Uh, so no barrier. You want to do about a two to three inches, depending upon where you're where you're putting it, what what whether it's over trees or around shrubs or your perennials. If it's around your perennials, you know, I'd probably go with an inch or so. Um, the size of the mulch is important. Uh, if it's around your perennials, you want smaller chips. If it's around your trees, you can use bigger chips. 
you can top it off whenever you want to, whenever you need to to freshen it up and make the look pretty again for whatever your aesthetic is. Um, you never really have to top it off. You can just put down more mulch as it disappears. And again, keep it at that one to three inch level, depending upon, of course, where, where it is, what part of the garden. And the mulch should never touch the stems or the trunks of the plants. Okay. Mulch That's- 101. And thank you. That texture had some nice words for the show, too. So thank you for oh, those. Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Good morning. This one says, I have two house plants that I'm starting to see little white spots on the leaves. What could this be and how do I get rid of them? Well, you'll, have, you'll need to find out whether it's just dust, whether it's insects like mealybugs or, or little white flies or spider mites, you need to maybe get a a hand lens and look at that a little more carefully and see what it is. If you don't want to go to that effort, um, brush the leaves off with a soft cloth or bring it into the shower and give them all a good, uh, nice, nice shower and clean the leaves off and see if that helps it. And if that helps it, it just was probably just something on the leaves and you don't have to worry. Um, If they're just small white dots, it's probably insects or something and you want to get rid of those. If it's large, Large white patches, it could be a, a sunburn or something like that, and you want to look at that. So kind of had to diagnose what it is. Um, so, so try the shower thing first, and if that works, wonderful. Just keep an eye on it. If it doesn't work, then some, take some really good pictures and send it into the Ask a Master Gardener people, um, the Master Gardeners then on the uh, extension.uman.edu website. They'll, they should be able to take some, to look at it and see what it is. It also helps to know what plants it's on. So if you can give them that idea too. Yeah. And again, that's a great website, extension.umn.edu. And, Check it and out. you might even be able to go on there and diagnose it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. There's there lots of diagnostic good. tools on there. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Texter says this, Teresa, I have two dwarf lemon trees. One is losing all its leaves and the other is not. Any ideas? Uh, I would probably make sure that they're both in like the same size pots. They have good soil. One isn't in a draft. Uh, they're both getting the same amount of light. And then I would also start looking for insect diseases or insects um, and to see if you're having any insect problems there. Uh, even though the plants are similar, maybe in the same uh, same same place. One could have more roots, one could have less roots. Uh, something might have happened where the roots are dying off. Uh, maybe it's getting over water, the soil is not draining properly. It'll try to look at all of those things in the, pl- in the plant that's seeming to have issues. Uh, so check out the roots, check out the stems, check out if you're seeing insects on it. Uh, what does the soil feel like? How's the water? How's the light? Okay. Good morning. This texter says from Hutchinson, my question for you is that I have quite a number of geraniums that I have stored bare root and they look quite nice. And I'm wondering how far I should cut them back. When is a good time for me to repot them? Uh, Now some of them are are quite large, like around uh, 12 inches. Um, you can cut them back as far as you want. Um, you're storing them bare roots, so go ahead and cut them back. Um, probably repot them maybe in March. Uh, get them up and growing in a bright light in your house. That way, you'll, and as long as you can give them a bright light, then they won't be leggy. They'll just get nice and full. So when you put them outside, they'll be nice and full because they'll have about two months growing in the house to revive. Uh, they need a lot of sun, so make sure you can give them a lot of sun. Okay. This listener wants to know what variety of arborvitae do you recommend that is intended for a privacy screen? 
Um, well, there's there's uh, you know there's the regular big big arborvitae that gets like five six feet across. Uh, there's tall thin ones like Degroot Spire. So it kind of needs you kind of need to know how big you want your arborvitae to be. Um, so so look at your look at the area. How how deep do you want that? Do you want just the two to three foot round arborvitae where you put a whole bunch together? Then you can use something like the Degroot Spire. If you need some Something. If you have the room and you want the great big arborvitaes where they get five, six, seven feet around or, or in the, the diameter gets that big, um, then you then you have some more options too. So figure out your size. Make sure that you're thinking about how tall you want them and um, you know how much sun you have. And then go to the website and look at that, their recommendations and then talk to your uh, plant nursery and to find out what they have for you. They may be able to purchase a, a variety or um, a large amount in quantity for you if you need a large amount. Good luck. Mm, very good. All right. Let's go back to the phones. Teresa, Sue is calling in from Shoreview this morning. Thanks, uh, Sue. What is your question for Teresa? Hi, Sue. Um, good morning. Uh, I have called you in the past regarding garden questions. Mm-hmm. However, uh, this is a new one. Okay. Uh, I'm in Shoreview. I back up to Ramsey County, open space land, Rice Creek, lovely area. I saw an animal walking across my patio this week and researched it on Google. It was an opossum. I knew oh, yeah. you were going to say that. Isn't that How wonderful? Did you know that? <laughs> I oh, because, yes. because they've only been seen in Minnesota for about the last 10 or 12 years. Um, so, so what is your question on that, Sue? Well, I researched it, so it's a fascinating animal. It I is an amazing I just worry animal. about where in the heck does it find a place to live here in Shoreview during this cold spell. <laughs> you know, you know, they're, the, the animals are amazingly adaptable. Um, I, I do have a master gardener friend who actually created a little heated wooden, a little heated house for her, a, a wild possum, so it wouldn't get frostbite. I thought she was going a little overboard, but I thought it was really sweet, too. So, so you know, um, there's nothing you really need to worry about. They take care of themselves. They find places to hole up. Um, they find little nooks and crannies. A possum are an amazing animal. There are only um, North American marsupial. They they kind of look. They have gray white fur and then uh, a bear tail, and they have very pointy snouts with a lot of little teeth. They're not an aggressive animal. They never get rabies. They actually eat the ticks that cause um, Lyme disease in humans so they can walk through the brush and all the ticks fall on them and then they eat the ticks and they never get rabies they never get Lyme disease so they're a fascinating animal um if you have chickens that's another issue but uh yeah the possums are are really cute and i have some here in in south minneapolis and i just tell them to leave the yard and they amble away because i'm obviously not a threat (laughs) yeah but yeah they, they are they are new to fairly new to minnesota Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for the information. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing, and good luck with your your new friend. Yeah. Well, last year I've only seen one, but I was noticing some movement on our deck, and uh, the light was on, and I thought, "What the heck? It, it was a possum." It was a possum. Yep. yep. Now they're called I, opossums or possums, opossums I guess, depending. 
depending on what what if you're in the southern hemisphere or northern hemisphere right. from what i've read but yeah. yeah they eat ticks that's that's a good thing for sure they are amazing and and you know they're not destructive usually um, no. so so if you're seeing animals coming to your yard at night and and you really don't want them there uh something you can do is make sure that you're cleaning up you're not leaving dog or cat food outside you're cleaning up so there's no bird seed left over at at night and then when you're grilling outside make sure you're cleaning up the grill too and and getting rid of all that good smell and that those little meat scraps and all the bread scraps that you put on the ground make Mm. sure all of that has disappeared and then you'll have a lot fewer visitors uh you know i know we have to take a break Teresa, but the texter wants to know uh, because you mentioned mary uh, meyer's work about the ornamental grasses Mm -hmm. how do we find out about that uh, the listener wants to know where do we find that Yep, go right to the yard and garden, extension.umn.edu, and then click on the yard and garden news, and they actually have it, I think it's the third article, second or third article down the new articles. It's an amazing book, and it's just fascinating, yeah. Yep, again, uh, the the website is uh, extension.umn.edu. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right, it's uh, coming up to 845 on this Saturday morning, we're going to get back with more Smart Garden Show with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney in a moment here on News Talk A3. Coming up to 845 on this Saturday morning, we're going to get back with more Smart Garden Show with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney in a moment here on News Talk A3. WCC. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on WCCO. Denny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, helping you out by phone and by text, as usual. And we still have a bunch of uh, questions we've got to get answered, Teresa, so bear with me. Uh, It says, I I noticed my lilacs were getting yellow leaves and wilting with some of the bark stripping off. Any ideas what could be happening? One is about 30 years old, others younger, never had any issues before. We saw a lot of lilac diseases and issues last year, and um, I would just go back to the extension website and look at the lilacs. It'll help you. De- uh, it'll help you diagnose what you actually what you actually saw, and hope for the best that it comes back just fine this year. But there were a lot of lilac issues last year. We saw a lot of dieback, a lot of diseases, a lot of deaths, and then renewing too. So renewal growth. So. It it just really depends on what what exactly you're seeing and how it happened and and the progression and so I would definitely go to the website and um, check out the lilacs. Okay, there's a text. Uh, Teresa says uh, if you would talk about starting plants in the snow with gallon milk jugs, what plants are best and is it too cold to start now? Oh, thank you, thank you. I was thinking last during the week, oh, I have to remember to talk about winter sowing. Okay, so that is called winter sowing, and there's it's not too cold. It's perfect time of the year to do that. You can do that with a lot of your vegetables, a lot of your um, annual flowers, a lot of your perennial flowers, and a lot of your um, uh, prairie plants. They need to go through that winter stratification. So there is a website online called Winter sown s-o-w-n dot com and that gives you some great ideas but basically what you're going to do is take a milk jug cut it in half so you have a top and a bottom uh, then you want to poke uh, you want to put some soil in get the soil plant uh, potting soil about two inches deep get it really wet and muddy plant your plants as you normally would one kind of plant per container uh, and then put a, a marker in there what it is 
use duct tape to reattach the top of the of the milk jug, take off the lid, go outside with a sharp knife, poke a bunch of holes in the bottom so that the moisture can drain out, and then set it on the north or east side of your house or under the picnic table or under a bush so it's not in the hot west uh, and south sunshine during the wintertime. What happens is it's going to freeze and thaw. That's normal. The plants will then germinate at the proper time. When they come up, you can just keep checking them. Do they need water? Do they not need water? When you're ready to plant, they're already acclimated to being outside you can plant them. This is really good for our native plants that need the, the stratification. It's also good when you're going to plant new plants and um, you don't want to plant them in the fall because they could wash away or the birds could eat the seeds or anything like that. And it's a wonderful way to get a bunch of vegetables going. So just about everything you can plant that way. That's kind of, kind of fun. Uh, what, was that, fun what, yeah. what was the website again to, to look at? Winter, like the season, W-I-N-T-E-R, sown, S-O-W-N. Um, you can also just say winter sowing and Google that. It'll give you some really good information I'm on sure it. it will. And I know Northern Gardener has run a few um, articles on that, too, over the years, so you can look at that. I actually found out about this from, I want to say it's a Muriel Rydell, and I'm probably saying her name all wrong, but... I learned years ago at, at uh, one of the uh, one of the events at the um, at the event center uh, about this, and I didn't believe it, and I tried it, and it works. It works. That's great. Uh, here's a text, uh, Teresa. My ivy seems to live forever in a bottle of distilled water. Why doesn't it require fertilizer? And are there any other houseplants able to thrive like this? You know, some plants are just, some plants are just, it's getting what it needs. There's probably dust dropping into the water and there's enough organic matter and it's probably not like 20 feet tall or 20 feet long. Uh, so it's not huge, but some plants can just do this. It's just, it's just amazing how they live. And, and there's a lot of the stem above the water. So it's not like it's not getting air. So it's, it just, it's amazing. Yeah, there's a lot of plants that you can grow like this. Um, they may never thrive, but you can start them. Uh, the water roots aren't that good for starting plants, but some plants, uh, I know I, I have lots of people or I know lots of people who have plants for years and years and years in water, and they seem to do okay. All right, we've got about two, three minutes to go, Teresa. Here's a listener who wants to know, how do mealy bugs get onto plants? I have them on one of my plants, and it hasn't been repotted or anything lately. You know, it could have come in from the outside, uh, blown in. You could have walked by something in a store and brought something in. You could have brought a new houseplant in, flowers. It's just amazing to me how these insects get around in our segregated houses. So. It's, I can't give you a definite how it got there, but it's not magic. It, we transported it in somehow. Okay. Uh, listener wants to know, can roots of maple trees have landscape tarp where water can get through above them, then mulch on top of that with hosta plants planted in that area? Okay, You, you don't need the tarp. Uh, just use the mulch and the hosta plants and keep the mulch at about three inches on the roots. Uh, the mulch is only needed for the stones so that they don't work their way into the soil. So you can save some money and buy more hosta plants and uh, not pay for the mulch or not pay for the tarp. For the tarp, very good. Uh, maybe we have time for one more. I have a fiddle leaf. Its leaves are suddenly turning brown and dropping. Now what do I do? 
Uh, just make sure that it's getting the right amount of water, right amount of sun. They can be a little temperamental. Make sure it's not in a draft. Uh, moving these guys, they just don't like to be moved either. So uh, check out all of that information. Um, and, and you may want to think, does it need repotting at this time? And if it does, go ahead and repot it. Only go up one pot size. And anytime you repot a plant, don't fertilize it for like six weeks afterwards because you want the new roots to come out. You don't want to burn the new roots. So I would look at the watering situation, the light, the air situation. Um, it might need some more moisture too because we're in a really dry section of the wintertime now. Well, in about 40 seconds, Teresa, let's give a couple of websites. One, the university, and one uh, for the, uh, the the ornamental grasses for Mary Myers. Oh, okay. They're actually one and the same. It's yes. extension.umn.edu. And if you're looking for the ornamental grasses, go on to the newsletter, and it's the second or third article down, and there's a link to download a PDF or whatever version you need it of. Absolutely. Some, some, again, a great resource. Great wintertime reading. Uh, especially with a bunch of snow coming in overnight tonight, this afternoon and tonight. Teresa, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for, for all the help as usual. Thank you. You have a good day, Danny, and stay warm and, and safe out there, everyone. Thanks very much. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Of course, our uh, Smart Garden Show is around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. We hope you uh, join us from time to time when you can. In the meantime, coming up after the 9 o'clock news break, Andy Lindis will be answering your home improvement questions here, so get uh, get those ready. I can tell you that our uh, current temperature reading in the Twin Cities at 15 degrees. We might see 22 and maybe an inch of snow today, maybe 2 to 4 overnight. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.